Hello, this is Zach, and welcome to part two of the We Pot a Zoo premiere. This is the second half of my recording with Sydney as we recap the 2011 film We Bought a Zoo. After we recorded this, I made a Twitter poll to see if people would listen to my podcast if the first episode was three hours long, and enough people made it clear that they would not. So here we are. This is part two of that first three hour recording. When we last left Benjamin Me, he had just been told that the necessary changes to the zoo in order to open by July would cost him upwards of $150,000. Will he cave under the pressure? Will he abandon the zoo? Or, through a mix of luck, good spirits, hard work, and love, will everything work out in the end? Let's find out. Hey, I'm working on a podcast and you're all invited. And you're all invited, oh And as I'm looking at the guests, I'm getting so excited. Getting so excited. There's gonna be reaching uh, a segment that I'd like to try out with you, if that's okay. Oh, yes, please. Yes, because now they're, they're, the next scene is they're driving Dylan home from school because he was sent home for moodiness. And yes. as they are nearing the Rosemore Zoological Park, they run into Buster the Bear yes. on the road. And yes. this is the first little segment that I want to play with you, which is called, How the Fuck Did the Bear Get Loose? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, okay. Um, we, we have no idea how the bear got loose, and it's never no. brought up. And what possible circumstances could have led to the bear getting loose and ending Here, up in the middle okay. of suburbia? Um, okay, first idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, easy one. They left the door open. <laughs> they just left the freaking door open. <laughs> they Somebody didn't latch the freaking door. Yeah. Uh, I also like to believe that, like, he got super, like, depression strength. Like in, you know, when you get like a lot of adrenaline, you can lift a car or something, you know, in, in dire situations, people do like the human body is capable of crazy things. So if your child is trapped under a car, you might be able to like roll that car over. Okay. All right. They do. Zach, they do say this. this they do say I, I have to see it to believe it. But so, um, so my idea is like, maybe there's super depression strength that we haven't mm. tapped into yet. And the bear just is like, so unbelievably <laughs> depressed that he like, tears a hole <laughs> through the fence. As listen, as somebody who is so unbelievably depressed, I can tell you that the only like, strength I gain from it is the strength to stay in bed all day. <laughs> Okay, but I'm saying like you ha there's a deeper level. A you have to I have to get even it. more depressed. <laughs> the trick to depression, it's one of those things where you have to like dig your hole deeper to reach the water. So Right, okay. Um yeah, but uh <laughs> other than that, um here's my here's my other secret yeah. evil idea. Yeah. Uh one of the people at the zoo that maybe we don't know, like another there, worker. Yeah, there's some like weird background characters whose names we never learned. They wanted to test how strong Benjamin Me was. So they were like, let's see how he reacts if we uh, give him the old one-two busters out. Oh, oh, you mean? Oh, I thought you meant strong as in like, like physical strength, and you were you were oh. um, implying that they wanted him to fight the bear. Well, honestly, they also kind of got that wish in a they way. Did, they did because they do. He does have a like a. a he goes toe to toe with the bear. Yeah. Um, but no, so 
it is a ridiculous situation. The bear is in suburbia. They are in like a suburban area. He stops the car. He calls Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And there's a whole like kind of sequence where they're like, we got to get trank guns. We got to yeah. track it down. Oh, there's, so then, one, there's one very, very cute. Another like family thing that happens right before this is that as they're driving home uh, and they're stopped on the road and they see the bear outside, Matt Damon, who's in the driver's seat, puts his hand over Dylan's chest in the passenger to seat to protect him. him. Yeah. And that's such a dad thing. Like my my dad has done that before when like when we've had like uh, like rear ended someone or something like yeah to stop short yeah, yeah he's he, it's such a believable realistic dad thing and I yes. re- I was like I was like that's sometimes this movie just like has those moments um, yeah whether that was scripted or not it was a great choice yes. to to like put it in yes um, um, so but then, yes they're so running then- around they're trying to get the bear. But then they're they're in suburbia. But then yes, that when when everybody comes into play, like they're ready to go. They have these trank guns. They're in the woods. They're yes. like walking through a wooded area. So obviously Matt Damon had driven the car. They pulled off, and now he, Dylan is not there, and they're right. all walking to find the bear. And everybody's got guns. At, at some point, they clearly had lost eyes on the bear. It's it's <laughs> the chain of events between the scene in the car and the scene on this picturesque hillside is. It's unknown. It's unknown. It's unclear. Elle Fanning is wearing another great sweater. It's brown. Yeah, she's she's there for some reason. Yeah. They El- brought the yeah, child. Why, wait, yeah, why is Elle Fanning there? They brought a bunch of trank guns and a child. Does she have a gun too? She can't have a gun in this scene. No, they did not give her a gun. But they they give Matt Damon a they gun. They give Matt Damon a gun and he finds Buster like basking in the sun. Sunlight, sunlight, I'm telling you. And mm. and he sees that Buster is like like having this like pure moment of freedom but then buster notices him and swats the gun away and by that we mean that the bear hits the gun perfectly out of matt damon's (laughs) hand and it flies through the air like 50 feet in a different direction and also doesn't go off or nothing happens bad with the gun what i love is that every time you can see buster and matt damon in the same shot it's either clearly they were composited together or the shot is so tight that you can only see matt damon's chest and hands so it's clearly a body double yes yes (laughs) um and then like they have this weird like horse whisperer moment Mm -hmm. where matt damon's like talking buster off the ledge and he's just kind of like it'll be okay buddy and buster like roars in his face and matt damon's very cool calm and collected yeah and then Someone from the distance shoots Buster <laughs> shoots with a train gun. Which, which they then later say was extremely dangerous. They're like, dude, stand back. He could be faking it. And like, yeah. they, they imply that like shooting him with a with a train gun may not have solved the problem. Which, right, like maybe they need to shoot him again. Yeah, which would have been an insane thing to do if it put Matt Damon's life in danger. Anyway, this all leads to Matt Damon like contemplating the life of an animal in captivity and is like, yeah. we need to make Buster's enclosure bigger. Yeah, he has this like very special connection with Buster for that brief moment. Yeah. Um and then and then that kind of sparks this um the next like montage plot point of them working still on the zoo. They're constantly working on the zoo. They never stop working on the zoo. They're always, but they need, they're always working on the zoo. They're always working and on the zoo. And it's always costing money. Like to get yeah. Buster back, it cost eight thousand dollars. Right. That's another thing. They yeah. they do met they do a good job of like kind of keeping it in the reality of how much all this shit costs. Like yeah. bringing in the vet, getting the giant van to transport a tranquilized bear. Mm-hmm. Um, so although a lot of it is so not rooted in reality, they pull you back every so often with that the moments like that. Like the bear escaping, that's absolutely ridiculous. But then he has to spend eight thousand dollars to to like 
get the to transport the bear safely back to the zoo. Like, all right, yeah, yeah. there there are so the, real consequences here. So they're continuing to try to make these changes too to open the zoo on time. Yes, um, and and w- one thing that is going on that I love throughout throughout this is that ScarJo keeps wanting to like call Benjamin Ben, and she keeps oh, yes. having to like refrain from doing that. But like, she has she keeps calling him Benjamin because like she keeps it's forgetting to call so- him Benjamin. It's so fucking funny, actually, and she does it for the entire movie, and it's such a great little bit yeah. that she, I mean, Scarlett Johansson even does it really well. Like, yeah, yeah. She just, every time she's talking to him, she's like, you know, Ben, Jimin. Yes. Like, she's like it, so awkward. I think the first, I think the first time she calls him, like, Benjamin properly is when they're, like, yelling at Spar, but that's later. But, like, like it, it, it takes her a really long time to yeah. stop doing it, which I love. And it's yeah. very funny. But, yes, they're, they're um, fixing up the zoo, and two things happen simultaneously. Uh, I guess three things. Fuck, there's so much that happened. This movie's so dense. Dylan, cracking the whip. I'm crack- I mean, Dylan. Uh, Dylan, Zach, I'm- <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, is, about- Dylan is my Zoosona. <laughs> no, you think you're Dylan. Yeah, who are you in this well, movie? I, I kind of have Dylan hair. I don't know. Unfortunately, yeah, well, I've got kind of yeah, got the, kinda, the teen boy look. Teen boy look. Um, you've got teen boy good looks. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just one of those teen boys that you've heard so much about. I um, was going to say, though, one of the points that I, I don't know if we're thinking of the same one, was yeah. like the Dylan... Uh, Lily relationship like starting to develop I guess yes because they're stargazing on the roof this is this is one of the scenes no I was just gonna say they're growing closer they are and well this literally the next scene is them stargazing and and he like tells her that he's named after Bob Dylan which is like a weird thing that's ends up being a lie but the (laughs) what I was gonna say is the this is like the seeds of the Matt Damon ScarJo flirting because yes uh he says that she's pretty and but that he doesn't want to hit on her and she says if i wanted to be kissed by you you wouldn't have a choice yeah there's some like very heat conversation that they have yeah. um that's like <laughs> that's obviously they're extremely being being extremely flirta- flirtatious but yeah. like they're not acting acting on it at all and i can i just say i wish that they hadn't i i really i i know i would have preferred it if cuz i i don't think this scene is bad but I don't like that it led to them actually kissing later. Right. I think the playfulness is nice and, and very natural too. Like I, you know, you do this with people. And for them to acknowledge it and be like, listen, you're, you're pretty, I'm not going to flirt with you because my wife died. And, <laughs> and, uh, and also, like, and also she's 28. Like yes. she's not old, but she's also not like, she's he's, young. Yeah, like he's, she's, he's probably what, like 38. He probably has 10 years on her. I just think not that that's like a, she can make her own decision. She's a 28 yes. year old woman. But when she says she's 28, because she clearly says her age, like the first time they meet, basically, um, my takeaway was like, oh, she's too young for him. Like they're never yeah. going to have a thing together because yeah. she clearly said her age. But then they co- they go back on that completely. Yeah. And it's, um, unfo- it's I do think that's unfortunate. I think the movie would have been better without that. But I agree. But the, the other things that happen in, in relation to like fixing up the zoo, two things. One. Rhonda calls a meeting to say that she has been looking at the numbers and that Matt Damon is so far in debt that there's no way he's not going to bail on the zoo. And Matt Damon's not there. She calls a secret yes. meeting with everybody working at the zoo. Um, and basically, uh, it's super weird, too. She I don't know when she became like the head honcho person, yeah. but she's just like, hey, everybody, listen up. I know what's going on in the inside. He's going to sell this place. Yes. Um, and you are going to be out of a job. And yes. like whatever but the re- and everyone's like fuck <laughs> the reason matt damon isn't there is that he is chasing down a security deposit box yes that he 
got the receipt to because it was in the pocket of the sweater that they didn't yeah, yeah, throw yeah. away. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah, again, like, they really rooted in reality only to rip you out from the root up because, yeah. like, yeah, here comes the sweater again where he so happens to reach into the pocket yeah. that no one has noticed before, although they have touched and dealt with the sweater, like, now three times. Yes. Um, And he finds this piece of paper that basically is from his wife and it is the receipt to this security deposit that he didn't know that no one knew about even though again when you fucking die they go through all of this because i'm assuming he was her proxy um and he would have known had to have been yeah so anyway he basically is like i wonder what this could be and he gets his brother gets his brother working at h&r block so we, he goes into H&R Block and, and they they find it and they basically his brother helps him to like look through the paperwork of it. Yeah. Um, and they find out that he had, has actually now acquired a large sum of money. Eighty four thousand dollars, which we can imagine they said about one hundred and fifty K would be necessary for, for the park. So this is going to going to take him more than halfway there. Yeah. And I'm assuming he had other money, but the one hundred fifty K was like too yes. much to just yeah. what was he drop had, everything. He had dad's inheritance. He had daddy's money and he's sitting down with his brother and this is where you know because in the safety deposit box with the eighty four thousand dollars there was a note from his wife um that told him not to listen to duncan <laughs> duncan okay this is actually a very funny scene yeah. duncan uh <laughs> he gets the note and duncan starts reading it because he's doing the paperwork and he goes yeah this part i didn't really uh appreciate <laughs> and matt damon's like kind of laughing because he's yeah. like yeah she loved you man she she really loved you he goes yeah she used three exclamation points yeah like saying like don't listen to duncan so clear like i i really wish that we could have just like one scene of Catherine and duncan interacting so i would have loved to have oh, seen their dynamic a flashback of them just oh, it's just so true yeah um but basically this is happening simultaneously ron is having this meeting and then there's also this montage of them figuring out about this money and then immediately it kind of immediately gets resolved where matt damon is then brought back by robin into the room where everybody was and he has like the manila envelope (laughs) yeah there's there's exactly i think one scene that happens in between which is like kind of heartbreaking which is lily has just come yeah lily has just come from this secret meeting to bring Dylan his daily sandwich. And she's like, uh, so it uh, turns out I think you guys aren't going to stay around much longer because she's worried now that Matt Damon is going to bail. And Dylan is so stoked about this. Yeah, it's and it's not great acting either. <laughs> no. Like, it's a weird it's weird timing. And, and basically Dylan char- Dylan's character like goes, yes, I get to see my friends again. Right. Oh, because that's another his friends have not visited him at the zoo, which seems weird. It Bad seems like if, if I had a friend who moved to a zoo, I'd be like, wait. My my friend who got kicked out of school for being too badass, and his and his mom died, and he now lives at a zoo. I have to like I gotta Sick. see that. Yeah, like wouldn't you? I have kids that age. Like, wouldn't you want to go see all the cool animals? Wouldn't you want to go see the cool animals? Talk to your badass friend about getting expelled. And well, actually, I say badass from like the perspective of a fourteen year old, but like as an adult, this kid fucking sucks. Yeah, he does. But but anyway, so he runs in with the manila envelope. And uh, everyone is bummed and everyone's like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, And he gives, it's odd because they set you up for him to give this like speech. Um, He gives a speech. He kind of talks to everybody in the room, mm-hmm. but it's not the speech you think it's going to be. He kind of like really beats around the bush of don't worry, I have the money. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. He, he starts it off by being like, listen, guys, it's been a hell of a journey. It's been a hell. It's been a hell of an adventure here. 
And everyone's uh, upset. <laughs> everyone, and everyone, and McCready, I think, especially, like, immediately, like, slaps the table because he's like, I know where this is going. As, like, a, a personal story, like, tangent here, I, so I, I, I used to work on the show Patriot Act before it got canceled. And yes. RIP, R. poor one out. And the, the first time that we were waiting on news from Renewal, like, Hassan pulled exactly this shit where he, like, called a staff meeting and we all went up to, like, the production office part of the building and it was like him and the executive producers like sitting down and like all the staff gathered in and he was like you know these kinds of meetings are never fun you know i hate to be the the bearer of bad news and and then like all beating around the bush to say like but we're gonna do more episodes Ah!" and then we got canceled anyway (laughs) why do you build me up build me me up up, baby just um that's this whole movie um no (laughs) But yeah, so he gives this speech and then at the end, he's like, we're going to do this. Like, we're in this together. I'm not going to give up. I actually have money. And also, Rhonda, you're fired. Yes. And then and then Rhonda's like gone. Yeah, we Rhonda just, is gone fine. for the rest of the movie. So now we are kind of in in like the the end game here or nearing the the end game. Nearing um, the, this is the, you can feel that this is like the third act. Yes. Um, so so Dylan. So Dylan has now burned this bridge with Lily. She is no longer bringing him sandwiches. She's very upset. Yeah, he reacted very poorly and he has not apologized or acknowledged it. Yep, and we, we get like this other little um, montage of them building new enclosures and they they are in the middle of a um, a Home Depot run. Matt oh, Damon yes. and, and Rosie. Again, Matt Damon doing a lot of things with Rosie specifically and, and not, not Dylan. Dylan. They get to, to cash out and their bill is only like 75 bucks, but... Uh, Rosie is like the card might not work which again he's just he he is not teaching Rosie to have a good relationship with money no <laughs> but again it's like the adorable thing kids say so the woman like the woman at the uh, the cashier at Home Depot she swipes the card and she looks and she goes oh this is you know the, it says the zoo it's like the zoo it's LLC the zoo card. card yeah and um, Rosie and this is also how Rosie says we bought a zoo again Again. Again. Um, and then the woman is very excited. It's a, it's a cute scene. She's very yeah. excited. Uh, she's like, I used to love that zoo. And he's like, we opened July 7th. 7-7. Seven, like seven. Seven, seven. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. And uh, she's like, I'm going to come. I'm going to bring my whole family. Meanwhile, they also do a shot of the line behind him, like impatiently waiting. <laughs> There's a, I noticed this. There's a woman with crutches in the line who is like being forced to wait. I, it's such a weird detail for them to have included that. But there's a woman with crutches waiting in the line at Home Depot. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Oh and then. And, uh, so that's like heartwarming and you're yeah. kind of like, oh, it's on the up and up, you know, like yeah. people like this zoo. People, people are going to come. Like the, this, is, this is where I'd like to um, pause for another little segment w- with you. As as we, as the length of this podcast has now surpassed the length of the film We Bought a Zoo. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> Zach, we got to find a way to cut it down, man. Um, okay. The, se- the, segment, the segment that I want to do with you. The uh, the experience that this this woman this uh, the Home Depot cashier had at the Rosemore Zoo clearly meant a lot to her. So I I kind of want to use this as an opportunity to ask you tell to, you know tell me about tell me about your zoo experiences. Have you been to a zoo? Have you as a child as an adult? Have you been to an aquarium? A oh boy howdy. Um, I one. You need to know the sack. I have a horrendous memory. Like me trying to even oh, no. pull uh, the thoughts of this film, like what I thought about this film, which I watched only a week ago, like not even. Um, me trying to have childhood memories on the spot, forget about mm. it. But uh, I definitely have been to zoos. I think I went to the Bronx Zoo as a trip with you know my school. Ooh. Um, but I 
somewhat like grew up on like a farm almost. What? I had, well, I mean, we had chickens and goats and guinea hens and ducks and dogs and cats. Whoa. Uh, Amongst other small animals that lived like in the house too, like we had guinea pigs and ferrets and gerbils. Frogs. Wait, what's like? Wait, what's like? What's a guinea hen? Uh, a guinea hen is just a type of bird. They are speckled in color. Um, they have tiny little heads and beaks. They like to roost up in trees. Aww. Yeah, they're they're just a bird. But um, yeah. So we had a lot of animals growing up, and I think my experience, like I have nostalgia for. I love animals. Mm-hmm. Like I just seeing people or, or stories about animals, I'm automatically attached because I'm like I do love animals. I'm an animal person. Uh, but also. I grew up with all the chores of of having fucking animals. So right. the idea of these people like having a zoo, I also get like, like flashbacks <laughs> to like me having to, you know, change out like the chicken boxes and scoop chicken poop. Um, and I also worked at a horse farm and I like grew oh up with horses God. and stuff. So yeah, so I, I'm a very animal person, but uh, I would like muck stalls, you know, at this horse farm for 16 horses. Holy um, shit. And I'm like, I don't want to do, like, I don't want to do that. And I did it as a kid and like as an adult, I want to live in a, an apartment in New York City and not mow a lawn mm-hmm. and not, you know, not interact take with care of... animals anymore. Yeah, like I, I have a cat and that's great. But um, yeah, so I think I, I really feel for the kids who are now becoming indoctrinated into a like you are going to have to also work at the zoo. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it that's how it happens. Um, so I feel bad for them. But oh I also like I have mixed emotions about zoos in general. Um, right even very humane like they make it a point to say that what's his face um the dude who builds the enclosures what's his name uh mccready mccready they make it a a point to say that like he is the one who sort of developed these like very humane uh enclosures for these animals he was like the world-renowned one for making it like chill right um so i get what they're saying but i'm also like i don't think i'm pro zoo um no i mean there's there's such a difference between like a zoo and a wildlife sanctuary Yes, yes. And, well, oh, that's the other thing is that, like, I think in real life, I have to do more research, but I think in real life, the the Dartmoor Zoological Park, I think, is more of a wildlife sanctuary than a zoo. This one looks more like that, too. Yeah. Like, if, if, when you watch the movie, these enclosures, like, you could just jump over the bar and it's a huge, vast yeah. space. They're not, like, I mean, the cages are the wrong word, but they're not like in tight, tight spaces. They have a lot of room. Right. Um, but I don't know what the difference is on the technical side. Yeah. But as far as zoos that are called zoos go, this this one is in the in the movie fairly humane. It, like I feel like the Bronx yeah. Zoo honks like a zoo in the middle of New York City. That sucks. Yeah. I still haven't. I've never been to the Bronx Zoo. I've never been to the, the Central Park Zoo either. Like. Oh. Never, never been to a zoo in New York. Maybe you could do a podcast outing where you actually go to a that zoo. That would be and then... great. Oh, my God. I mean, like, if it's safe to go to a zoo. Oh, true, true, true. Uh, this is in the future. This is future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because this um... podcast is going to last well into 2022. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, there'll still be things to say about We Bought a Zoo in 2020. Well, that'll be like that'll be like halfway through the Crystal the Capuchin miniseries. Yes, exactly. The longevity of this podcast yeah. is insane. Um, and then I have to find out what other movies Buster the Bear has been in. Oh, yeah, I've got a lot of research to do to keep this podcast going. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for your zoo or animal stories. Um, and what I'm here for. Yeah. That's why you brought me on as a guest. (laughs) Yeah. This is the one thing that I didn't know about your past. (laughs) Yeah. I was was anticipating this revelation. I was so excited. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. I do have the note about someone on crutches at the Home Depot. Okay. The next scene. 
they are because they were getting lights for spars like enclosure oh, or lamps. something yes heat lamps and they're trying to get him to take his medicine and this is like very clearly this parallel between the wife's death and the tiger's death and him benjamin asserting that spar is fine even though he had this whole conversation with rosie earlier saying like oh just because somebody you know looks sick doesn't mean that they feel that bad even though like that's clearly a lie that he's feeding to this little girl but he's yeah he's now almost fallen for it where he's yeah. like this this big cat is like clearly on its last legs but he's like no it's fine it's fine it's fine this cat is fine um yeah he's in extreme denial he's extreme denial and then he goes home and opens his laptop to this photo album on <laughs> iPhoto and he it's this like slideshow of pictures of his wife but he only gets to the first picture before he like can't he, he, he shuts his he closes the like, laptop cl- shuts the laptop um and it's it's uh, i think sinking friendships by yonsi is playing and as he of he shuts the laptop and the music cuts out yeah and uh he's it's like his his like cursor was like on the like play button for the slideshow but he can't press it and he just shuts the computer um and now we get spar is stuck on a rock and yes. this is a so big this deal. is like yeah, this is like a climactic sort of part. Um, Spar won't get off of this big rock, meaning that he's not eating or drinking. Um, yes. And he's been up there for clearly some time. So Scarlett Johansson gets Benjamin, and then they get everybody else from the zoo, yeah. and they are trying to figure out what to do. And uh, Kelly Foster, Scarlett Johansson's character, is basically saying, like, we need to put Scar or Spar uh, down. And it's yeah. time, and he's sick, and he clearly isn't doing well. And Benjamin freaks out and is like, no, uh, basically he just headbutts her and is like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And then they they decide to make a lot of noise to scare him off the rock, uh, which is a thing that big big cats don't like noise. Yes, because that's that's the alternative. If they're like, well, if, if Benjamin doesn't want to put the cat down, we're gonna have to get him ye- off the we're rock. We're gonna have somehow. to yell at him. Which, what? Wait, that's the thing. Is that like, how are they gonna get him off the rock anyway? Because their whole thing was like, it. He doesn't. He's not coming off the rock. It's time for him to die. I guess they could, they would make a vet go they shoot him with the trank dart and then make a vet go up there and carry him off and I guess I'm just trying to like picture the logistics of it without like I hurting the a cat crane <laughs> a big crane it's gonna cost another eight thousand dollars oh yeah um, <laughs> but yeah they start making a lot of noise to scare Spar off the rock um, one of the weird background characters has like a shofar that he's blowing which is oh yeah very strange that's like the Jewish yeah, like- representation of this movie that we needed. <laughs> And they're like banging pots and pans. It's like yeah. everybody just grabs something. Yes. Um, and eventually he does get down. And in the process of him getting down, Benjamin is still screaming at the cat. And he's basically yelling what he would yell at Dylan. Yes. He says, would you just do what's good for you? And he says, I did it because I was desperate talking about buying the zoo. Yeah. And everyone gets real awkward about it. Everyone everyone is is just quiet. Yeah. It's very awkward. And he's like, it's that thing where like he goes on yelling like, 10 seconds after everybody has stopped um so you hear everything he's saying but yeah so this leads to then scarlett johansson approaching him um and basically saying like one you need to make an end of life plan for spar um and two you need to work on your relationship with your son does she say that in this scene (laughs) i think doesn't she doesn't she say does she not is it just about spar no i think it's just about spar but that's implied um Mm -hmm. what she does say in this scene which i think is like the best line read that ScarJo does in the whole movie is like she's 
she says that it's selfish about spar and then like she walks away because benjamin is like not listening but then she like spins back around and says don't make me get angry and yeah it's like the i think it's it's so good for this character because it's like she has not been angry ever in this in this movie she has been like tired and frustrated and overworked but she's never been angry and this is like the the one moment where we see like that she like clearly knows what the right move is and this anger is like there and it's boiling over but in this one line she's like I'm still not going to get angry, but this is your last fucking chance. And then she also says, I'm so disappointed in you. Which is what he had said to Dylan at the beginning of the movie. And it's uh, it's supposed to be a real heart, you know, real jerk. Mm. Uh, and, and you see it in, in Matt Damon's face as he reacts to it because she she's talking about the disappointment and his inability to make a decision about Spar. He's putting off right. the inevitable. Um but yeah, so that's like another, you know, tie-in to the weaving interstory inter of like Dylan uh, relationship with his father mm-hmm. and then death and then, you know, yeah. the mother. And this so, and this leads right into this three-way scene of Matt Damon having this heart-to-heart with Kelly on the porch and Dylan eavesdropping from upstairs. And yes. this this, I think, is the best sequence in the movie. This is a very, very good... This this to me was almost like um, Boyhood mm. uh, in this very natural... The way the camera movement is too, yeah. it's steady cam. Um, they don't do a lot of like cutting between like OTS stuff. It's just sort of like on them as they have this um, fight, him and his well, son. But, I, but I want to talk a little... We're not jumping yeah, there I want to talk a little bit yeah. about the, the conversation with Kelly and, and Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time I think that we see like two adults being real in yes. the whole film with there's like no... There's no um, like covering up of stuff and mm-hmm. like the lighthearted jokey jokey that they have to do to keep the mask on whatever yeah, and there's no and um, there's no over-the-top comedy character either because like some of these characters are clearly not going to have a heart-to-heart like you know the the real estate agent or the brother or um mccready are all like such you know they're always operating on a 10 just yeah. as characters so we finally get like this conversation between like two real people who are just like sitting and talking to each other yeah, two real people are having a hard time, like in their own lives and, and talking about it. And basically, Matt Damon ends up talking about Dylan, about their relationship. And he yeah. expresses how hard it is for him to be close to Dylan and how it's different from him and Rosie because Dylan reminds him mm-hmm. of Catherine. Yes. So much so that it's painful for him to like interact with him and understand him. Yes. He said he he says something which I think is really great. He says like everything's a trigger. Like because mm. he, he, he's talking broadly about like, you know, all the places that they would go and and how the fact that Dylan reminds him so much of her is because like she has still followed them to the zoo through in Dylan, mm. in Dylan. Mm. Um, and but of course, Dylan Dylan only hears that one part. Yeah. They talk about other stuff. Talk about too. other stuff, and he and they hold hands at one point, which I think is cute. Um, yeah, it was sweet. But because he just like sits down, holds her hand, and then lets go and starts talking, and I think that's really sweet. Sweet. But the the one thing that he says, which is like really heartbreaking, is he says like Dylan has her eyes, but none of her lightness. Mm, yeah. And I think that's what Dylan latches onto. Yeah, he hears that and he gets very hurt by it. Yeah. And because uh, Im- immediately, he, they, as soon as Matt Damon's done with that conversation, he he walks into the into the house, and Dylan is like sitting on the stairs, just like waiting for him. And this is now the, the scene you were talking about. This is this is I think 
the best scene in the movie. Yeah, it basically like Matt Damon comes inside and he's like, "Oops, like didn't see you. You were there." Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dylan is extremely hurt and is like, "That's why you hate me." Like at least now I know. Yeah. Like at least you said it, and now I know you hate me. And it's it's truly like it's very well written because it's this teen who's just like bubbling over like he's like now i know why you hate me you hate me so much and like you can't stand to be around me and like all this stuff and they basically have this argument like all the way up the stairs to the second floor like platform Mm -hmm. outside of the bedrooms and it's they're just screaming at each other screaming and they have the they're they're such amazing lines that so perfectly encapsulate this relationship where Matt Damon is like, it's all about you. You know, everything's about you. And and Dylan like throws it back at him and being like, no, mm-hmm. this is like, this is this is all your dream. And and Matt Damon be like, well, I thought you liked it here. And he clearly has never had a conversation with his son about living at the zoo because it's so clear to us, the audience, that Dylan does not like it here. Yeah, right, exactly. And he says, I thought this was a dream come true. And Dylan says, you can't force your dream on someone else. And Matt Damon says, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Uh, yeah. And like, it, it's great because even in this screaming match, like they're still not listening to each other. Yeah. They're just like yelling what they had wanted to just yell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very explosive. Yeah. And, and he, oh, there's, there's Matt Damon says the, the line of people that care about you ends here. Talking about him. Mm. So like, he's like, I, you know, which it's a really fucked up thing to say, but it's so like, he's just trying to get Dylan to listen to him. And he's like, you need to listen to me because no one else cares about you, which is so hurtful to say to a kid. So hurtful. And he's like, help me out, man. Help me out. Cause he doesn't even realize how hurtful that was. And then Dylan yells and he's like, help me. That I, I love that. I love the that. help. The help, the help me is like so intense too, yeah. because it's like, he's begging his dad to listen to him for once yes. and to also like to help him. Like yeah. you haven't been there. Um, it's yeah, it's a very, it's a very, heartfelt scene yeah and, and then um, and then he says you know you never even taught me how to shave and for and matt yeah. damon like like totally missing this conversation latches onto yeah, that and he's like i'll teach you how to sh-. like uh, let's do yeah. it right now and then dylan like slams the door and and yeah. the conversation yeah. ends there he he was like he's and he never apologizes he he no he says i'm sorry that you didn't get a childhood but he never says like i'm sorry for not being there for you like he never yeah he doesn't apologize i don't think he Later in the movie, he apologizes without really saying "I'm sorry," but they, he, it's very difficult for him to admit that he has been at fault as well throughout yeah. this movie, given how much was out of his control. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And then at, at, when the fight simmers down and, and ends, um, we kind of get the that Rosie, you know, had right. been listening uh, the the whole time too. And again, it's like, well, that's not great. Um, mm-hmm. does she say something? She, well, cause, cause, um, this is also the part of the conversation where he's like, well, a lot of the reason why I was, why I've been this way is because I'm trying to like be there for Rosie because she is so young and I'm trying to help her kind of grow through this. And he's like, it doesn't even matter. She doesn't even, she thinks the Easter bunny's still real. Oh, she's so yeah. young, like she's going to move past this. And then her line, when she comes out is what was that about the Easter bunny? Yeah, again, like yeah. slight comic relief. Um, yes, but but like the uh, what you said more like the more heartbreaking implication is that like she heard the whole thing, even though that doesn't right. really come back into play. But it's just this this another kind of blowout of like Matt Damon is is being careless around his children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah so then that that scene ends and then what's next next what's is next? next is um this little scene in front of spar's cage mm-hmm. or uh, i it's not really the it's not they're not in the enclosure they they are like in this cage area yeah they're in like the area where they would eat or get their medicine yeah. or yeah but he um he's talking to spar and he's talking to dylan dylan comes in and they're talking like oh i don't know how i messed things up with lily like he's so unaware um of what was going on there but they have this like back and forth about like they have an actual heart to heart not like the yelling yeah well they kind of have a heart to heart they have this matt damon has this weird workaround where he's like let's just say what we wish the other person would say which is actually kind of interesting and and almost like reverse psychology for a teen where it's just like tell me how you want me to act but here but 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 here's the thing which which you know ties back into their argument is dylan's response to that is you know sorry like he wants his dad to say sorry that i made you move out here yeah and matt damon's response to that is i think you're a great dad yeah he so even though they've communicated this to each other finally they still don't really see each other they, they, I mean, their relationship starts to heal, but Matt Damon still doesn't think that this was the wrong move. So he's not saying, I'm sorry for this. Mm. Yeah, you're right. They don't actually ever apologize. Neither of them actually apologize. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think Dylan necessarily, I mean, Dylan's been a jerk. I think he should apologize for kicking the snake, but he... Yeah, that, that is the biggest apology I want <laughs> yeah. from Dylan. He doesn't have to apologize for being upset with his father because yes. he's completely fine in that situation. Uh, but he should have get he should have gotten reprimanded about the snake. Yeah. God, remember like um, like half an hour ago when I was like, now we're in the end game of the movie. Fuck. Okay. Uh, okay cracking okay. the whip. I'm cracking the whip. Cracking the whip. Cracking the whip. Uh, Spar gets put down and they put up this like plaque. Sweet plaque. Sweet yeah. plaque. Oh, um, wait, no, no, no. Sorry. Don't crack the whip because the other really important thing that happens in this heart to heart between father and son is when they're talking about Lily... Matt Damon mm. says, all you need sometimes oh. is 20 seconds of insane 20 seconds courage. of bravery. Yeah. yeah 20, 20 seconds. Yes. 20 seconds <laughs> of embarrassing bravery, which is like such an important theme in the rest of the movie, which is insane that it's dropped like an hour and 20 minutes in or an yeah, hour and a half then in. They, yeah. Then they say it for like the next 30 minutes of the movie. Like everybody yeah. is like, all you need is 20 seconds of courage, like yeah. 20 seconds of bravery. Yeah. Um, but it's a sweet thing that he says. And uh, it, yeah. And, it and, is, then, and then Dylan says, let's go home. When they, yeah. when they leave it and, and you kind of aka yeah. he's accepted yes. that this is their home um so yeah so spars spars put down he makes the decision uh that kind of plot line comes to a close that yeah. okay yes everybody's getting closure on this um, um and, and but then they um they he when he gets home he's he's like looking through dylan's art and he finds like through this through these like very disturbing drawings one very like simple drawing line art of a tiger <laughs> Yeah, like everything else is kind of complicated sketching of like weird kind of grotesque interesting and then there's like a very like vector drawn yes. tiger <laughs> which so so clearly they just got a different artist to come in and do. Uh, but maybe Dylan's experimenting. Who are we yeah. to judge? Oh yeah. Um, I just wish we had seen like a couple of other pieces in similar. that in that style. Yeah. Uh but then he's like, okay, this is he like settles on this to uh, make a poster to do the poster and the logo for the zoo yeah and he surprises dylan with it which is very sweet yeah uh and dylan's like cool my dad likes you know he's yeah he's he's and, on and board it's this, this this full circle moment of you know him him appreciating his art and elevating his art but like knowing that like there are healthier 
ways to express that art. Um, right. Which, I, I mean, I think there's a, definitely a middle ground because I think Dylan should be able to, like, draw those disturbing things if he needs to. But it's the and kind of should. thing. And he should. He'd yeah. be a great comic book artist. I think so, too. Or, like, even, like, uh, a tattoo artist, maybe. Oh, like, a lot yeah. of that stuff. I mean, you need, like, a lot of, you know, hand control for that. But that a lot of his art is, like, very, like, evocative. But but anyway, yeah. but anyway, his dad is like, he's like, we're going to put up this poster everywhere. The one thing that happens, the beautiful, beautiful scene is the return of the, the MacBook photos. Yes. And the sinking friendships by Yonsei is playing. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. This scene, this, I think this is all, my second favorite scene in the movie because we see... He finally, like his his cursor is hovering over that like play button, looking at the photos. He finally clicks it, and we see all of these photos of of Catherine and their family. And one of the photos then like opens her. She's like sleeping in the bed, and then she opens her eyes. And you realize it's a video. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see all that we see the scene of Matt Damon and Catherine and the kids at like a picnic, and he's got like a camera. And they're all just like frolicking and dancing, very picturesque. But then it like it bleeds into the kitchen, and we yes. see him looking look up from the computer yeah. into like the 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 further the depth of the kitchen, and yeah. then we see like the skirt, you know, yes. of Catherine we, we, dance we by. Never, we never see we never see like a shot of from his point of view of like seeing them, but we just see like just just enough to see that he is seeing them dance in front of him where like their legs are in front of the camera. Her skirt is in front of the camera and we see it reflected in his glasses. I love that shot. Uh, and I actually, we could do another episode. I would love if you had me back, Yeah. but there is um, a lot of work done with reflection in this film. That's so strange. Like it's brilliant, yeah. um, but also so odd for just the type of film that it is that they chose to make these like intricate shots. Like for instance, in the car, mm-hmm. uh, the reflection of the bear through the glass is, yes, it's like very apparent and used in a very specific way. Um, but yes, this I noticed too, the reflection in his glasses, that is mm-hmm. the view. That's like the second view you're getting of um, the dancing. Like the, It's like frolicking. You yeah, feel like yeah. you're in like a magical garden. Um, yeah. I think I, I, I love this moment. It's gorgeous. And like the music fades out and he's just like, it's been so hard for him to like revisit the past. And yeah. he's finally been able to like live through these memories as a step towards healing. And I got to say, this is this is when I got got like I I teared up at this moment and it was it was just really well done. Yes, I loved this. I love this. And 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 this actually we, we got the like the, the timeline a little bit wrong. The next morning is, is when they put up the sign for Spar. Oh, and, okay. and it's like this. It, it's this beautiful segue of like him living through the memories of his life with his wife. Yeah. Into this moment of accepting her death, Spar's death, accepting yeah. accepting death, and I think like this moment really works. You said you got got. Did you actually? Did you cry in this moment? I did. I I, I full on was like tearing, and I had to do the wipe away. Oh my god. Um. And the, and I said to you, and I I stand by this. I wish that I had watched this movie on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um. One because I wouldn't feel like I got two hours of my life robbed from me, <laughs> but. Also, no, I'm just kidding. Um, also, because I feel like your emotions are heightened on a plane. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. There's like, pe- there's studies about that, I, I feel like. Some, something to be said about it, because I watched, if you know that we could do, maybe I'll start a podcast about this movie, but I watched Adrift. The, I with, do not know this. Wait, wait, is that, oh, 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 wait, uh, Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, 
I watched it on a plane. Not a great movie. Mm. Like, not a, honestly, in the same vein as We Bought a Zoo, like, no impact whatsoever. Kind, loosely based on a true story. Right. Um, and I, I was crying. Whoa. Watching this fucking movie on this plane. And part of me believes that, like, there's something special about being on a plane. You're, like, in your zone. You're, yeah. you're focusing. You have nothing else to focus on. Um, and, it, and it's, like, you allow yourself to just feel the way you feel. You're just like, mm-hmm. I'm not in the world right now. I'm on an airplane. Nothing matters. Yeah. Um, so I wish I watched this movie on a plane. Maybe I would have cried even more. Not in 2020, though. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> early, like early 2020, maybe. Like first two months of 2020. Maybe. First two months maybe. of 2020, maybe depending on where you were flying. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I was in like the Western Hemisphere, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So it, they, they really did do this scene well, despite even the heavy handedness of everything leading up to it. Yeah. It, it still um, it still has the impact that that they wanted it to have, yeah. I think. Um, I still think that like as a as a written scene, I still think the father son fight stands out. But I think visually, this is the most beautiful scene. I 100 percent agree. And again, I got Eternal Sunshine vibes. It was this yeah. weird. This was the most like lar- the the biggest chunk of surrealism that they sort of like threw at well, you until the it, ending. <laughs> Until the ending, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But uh, but it doesn't feel bad. Like you don't no. see it, and you're like, you're like, what the fuck is going on? This is so unbelievable. Yeah. You see it, and you're just like really sitting there with Benjamin Mee's character, seeing what he's seeing, feeling what he's feeling. And I don't know. I, to me, I'm like, we've all been there. I've looked at you know photos of people mm-hmm. who have died or who I'm not in contact with. You know, whatever. And you replay those memories, and it's like it it beautifully dances in front of you. Yeah. Um. And this, and this, yeah. you know, speaking symbolically, this like. The fact that they're like in the kitchen with him, it, it speaks to that thing that he was saying earlier about like, you know, she's followed me here and she's always going to be here. Like it's this. Yeah. And I think this movie does this brilliantly of, of this this idea of moving on doesn't mean letting go. Right. And you don't have to. It doesn't have to yeah. be goodbye. Yes. Um, well, it has to be goodbye because they did die. Yes. But 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 but, but you can you can continue on without fully leaving that person behind. Right. And I think that's, again, part of the grieving process is, you know, the denial and then like, well, I'll get rid of everything, you know, so I never have to be reminded of them. But then you reach a point where you're like, no, I want to be reminded. Right. It's it's that symbol of putting up the plaque of spar of that idea. Exactly. Exactly. The juxtaposition bringing those two like right after one another in this in the scenes um, is 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 well done chef's kiss uh, so moving on though moving on I believe, the, I believe the next big thing that happens is the usda agent comes back a couple quick things okay the, the chicks hatch which is a subplot oh, yes. that was never introduced but is concluded so good thing for for rosie yeah. um the poster design thing happens duncan shows up with a bunch of fish oh yeah um, to feed buster which is again not like nice of him that's nice um and then they unveil the new logo which is again uh dylan's design and that now yes now the usda inspector is about to show up and mccready is blackout drunk which which seems irresponsible but he's so calm and he asks him why he's so calm and mccready says i am absolutely hammered yes and they have and and when walter ferris shows up they have this back and forth which again feels almost flirtatious and i i wonder you know if we want to do like what, a, what's their history a clear reading of the film yeah because he's like uh, uh, walter ferris says i love the jumpsuit and mccready says love the tie and in fairness he is wearing a very fun animal tie um sure. but they have this like back and forth of like intensity too. In- intense almost sensual energy i agree a thousand percent yeah 
Um, and now you're right. Here comes the montage of him checking out the park, which is a, which is exactly what you think it's going to be. It's it's very like comedy bright. He's like measuring stuff and like close up on his eyebrows, looking at a level, and yeah. you know this whole thing. And the only climactic thing to happen during this, which I hated, I thought it was the stupidest. Yeah sequence to include they didn't have to do this at all no but they needed to raise the stakes you know like one last time um it's, it's on the on the level of like the bear escaped where it's like it's not it's like not anyway um benjamin me says stay off the radios you know i don't want to hear about anything that's going on until mm-hmm. um agree uh, till uh, ferris leaves yeah scarjo is going to feed the lions she goes to close the gate it is or no she yeah the yeah, lion solomon yeah, yeah she goes to close the gate the latch breaks and she can't close the door physically and she's like freaking out because she can't leave to go get anybody because the door is open so she calls mccready on the radio benjamin and obviously ferris hear that on the radio what benjamin should have done is turn down his fucking radio he's the one who said stay off the radio he should have kept the radio off or you should be on a different channel do you know how walkie talkies work there should be there should be an emergency channel Right, that you don't go on when, like, the health inspector's there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she calls him, and then Ferris is like, let's go to Solomon's enclosure, I guess. Yeah. Like, let's check it out. So as they're walking over... Which I, I they... want to point out a brief continuity error, if I may. Which is, in the fun little um, inspection montage, he is seen on the roof of Solomon's enclosure, checking, oh, checking the... jumping up and jumping down. Jumping up and down. And uh, I just want to point out that he already would have been to Solomon's enclosure if that piece of the montage had already happened. Just want to say you're absolutely you're absolutely right. But also he's a, he's a dick. And he's we also know a dick. This. maybe so he went he, back to Solomon's. Enclosure. He went back. Maybe it's not a maybe it's not a continuity error. All right, I'm sorry, Cameron Crow. In, in <laughs> he's listening. He's like, actually, it's not. Oh, he, they got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, so in this montage, in this like segment of them walking over while yeah. they're doing this, Scarlett Johansson and McCready are like trying to close the door, and McCready, McCready has to McCready, go. McCready, who is still drunk, it should be blackout should drunk. Be noted has to go into the basically their plan is he has to go into the enclosure fix it from the inside while scarjo distracts solomon Mm -hmm. who would definitely just absolutely maul mccready i guess if he's in there i don't know which then he almost Um, does but mccready says don't eat me because i'm full of scotch and bitterness yeah and the lion stops walking scotch and bitterness anyway impure thoughts that was the other one McCready's a funny character. Yeah. But uh basically the stakes mean nothing because it's fine. They end up doing the latch and they meet mm-hmm. they meet Ferris outside the enclosure and they just all smile at each other and it's yeah. super weird. It's so but yeah, strange. that's that's it. And then basically he's gonna make the decision. They're all standing there, they're waiting. Mm-hmm. He's hovering over the no, yeah. the big no box <laughs> it's, it's that he's gonna just check. Says like, it says yes or no, or like approved, not approved. Like it's yeah, so... it says like do you like me? Yeah. Check yes or no. <laughs> um, and, and he's hovering over no, and he's yeah. like looking at everybody, like sorry about it, the like yeah. guys, and, and everyone's Rose, like, Fuck. and then Rosie, Rosie. <laughs> this is another. This is in. another one of those lines that is like a child written by an adult, like, like ridiculous. She says, "Excuse me, Mister. Everyone says you're a dick, but we says I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I don't believe it." Yeah. <laughs> And everyone's like, well, this is obviously we're not going to get approved now. Yeah. But of course, Ferris is a sick, twisted bastard. <laughs> he's a real <laughs> freakazoid. He's a real fucking freak. And he approves them. And yeah. he like looks disappointedly at Benjamin as he hands him the paper. Everyone's upset. Benjamin does a double take when yeah. he reads it. And he's like, 
we're opening. And like, then every, everyone parties and like Walter Ferris walks away and like looks over his shoulder and shakes his head. And shakes <laughs> yeah. his head at the happiness. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then basically like that is that that wraps up like all of the plots of the build up to opening the zoo. But it doesn't. Because- because but, then it's gonna rain. <laughs> yeah, there's one more thing. Again, they're like raising the stakes. Yeah. But uh, they wake up. Uh, like it's like three days out or a week out. They they all wake up. They're really excited. And the forecast yeah. for this next week has been torrential downpour. It's going to be the rainiest summer they've ever had. In a hundred years, they In say. In a hundred years. Yeah. Um, everyone's wicked depressed. Everyone's like, great, our opening day is shot. Everything's yeah. going to be ruined. This summer's going to be ruined. That's whatever. That happens yeah. for a long time, happens, actually. There's, Everyone's a, there's a lot really of sad. rain. And in the rain, um, we oh. see Dylan walk by the Jaguar Cafe. And there's a sign in the window, because we know that uh, Lily does the, the signage. And it says, if you love me, let me know. <laughs> and then Dylan and then Dylan runs and through he, the rain. And he says, 20 seconds of courage. 20 seconds of courage. 20 seconds of courage. Which and, now and has been brought back. Yes. And it will, yes, and it will be brought back. back. Running through the rain, he meets Elle Fanning yeah. uh, at her window on the first story. Her bedroom is uh, there. Yeah. Um, Which where does she? Where she, does she live? What, what building is no that? No one knows. What building? No is one that? knows. <laughs> no one knows where her or Scarlett Johansson live. But uh, on the grounds, I assume. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he he runs up. He knocks on the window. She's surprised with her like Taylor Swift looking ass bedroom yeah. of like she has like the long curly taylor this is like a taylor swift music video it really yes um, and he's and he, and he's like i love you what does he say it's like it's it's all of this like he has this weird little oh he admits that he's like i wasn't named after bob dylan i was named after a dog named dylan and she laughs and then like yeah. they they have a nice embrace they don't kiss they just have like a nice which i like yeah which i like because why would you make the 12 year olds yeah kiss? but she he does um, say i love you which is weird he does say I love you and she's extremely happy and like yeah. almost tearful and they hug him through the window, yeah. her through the window. He's, it's he's pouring out, yeah. rain. It's, it's very sweet. Um, it's sweet. That does would, happen. And then would be a soggy hug. Extremely wet. I would be like, you could just take the jacket off and come inside. But yeah, so that happens. And then the rest of the lead up is basically depression, worrying mm-hmm. about their opening day. Yeah. But, but they wake up they wake on the up. day that they're opening and the sun is out. Sun is out. Symbol. I'm telling you. I'm telling Symbolism. you. There is a close reading of this film that can be done with an eye on the sun, and I will do it. But yes, and the sunny. Everyone is excited. Every like he runs into Dylan's room, and Dylan's like, "I saw, I saw, like the sun." Like everyone's like, "Yeah." yeah. And they and they they run out to to open the park with a big red ribbon. Yeah, they cut. Um, McCready cuts the ribbon, and and they're all standing like yeah. everyone's in their uniforms, and uh, it opens at ten, and they look at their watch, and it's ten o two, and everyone's like, "Okay." Uh-oh. This is obviously not going well. And then Dylan, who's a little psychic child, all of a sudden, he just goes, something's wrong. Yeah. And everyone's like, you know, this can happen. He goes, no, something's wrong. And yeah. then he runs. He books it. And, and t- t- he was right. But it's wild that if he hadn't have done that weird thing, that yeah. no one would have known what was up. But he runs and he finds that in the the front of the, the road that leads to the zoo, a tree has collapsed in the storm overnight blocking blocking the entrance a and huge tree let's just say this tree is enormous yeah like very thick too like it's yes. very wide you can't see over it um so he's like see like i knew it whatever they they're all like oh we gotta get we gotta chop this tree up whatever yeah. they climb over and what do they see huge line huge line for huge, the zoo of cars yes. like bumper to bumper backed up cars and people who have gotten out of their cars like, and are standing around not like did no one think to to call the yeah. zoo and say like 
we're all waiting here. We're all here. We have a huge well, it's, tree. It's 2010. It's before there were cell phones. Everyone, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. How stupid, stupid. Um, <laughs> but he, they, they start helping people over the tree, which seems like a huge safety hazard and is and, and not there was like accessible. Some old, there was like yeah. some old people. And then also like Benjamin me was like helping little kids down. Yes. From the, and I was like, this is dangerous. This is very dangerous. I, I feel like if Walter Ferris had been there on this day, he would have oh. shut it down. Like they invited him to come on opening day and he was like, I don't fraternize. But if he had, that would have been he the nail of the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, there's an alternate universe where that happens and like the zoo is shut down the zoo is shut down and um, the movie ends here yeah instead but ba- the movie does not end they there. help everybody over i i just want to say it's i really weird that there's just like a line of cars there because it's gonna be a nightmare to pull out oh it's gonna be an yeah. absolute nightmare to leave the zoo and the one other cute thing is in this scene the the real life benjamin me and his two kids are waiting in line to see the zoo Oh, that's very... I love yeah. when they do that yeah. with the extras in the background. They do that often in, in films. Yeah, um, they had like a cameo. I think they did that in like yeah. Catch Me If You Can. There's that's Yeah, they do sweet. that a lot. After this, it's like the montage of the zoo and yeah. it's very sweet and you get to see like the people interacting with the animals. You see the mm-hmm. re- the real estate agent comes back. Yeah, he's there uh, with, his, with his kids and you see the brother ha- is wearing like a jumpsuit. Like, that's the thing. Now he's like working at the zoo, which seems... Yes. <laughs> Which is honestly on par for Duncan, who just apparently does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. I'd like to think that he got the job at H H and R Block, used his knowledge from that like week of working there to help him with that stupid uh, paper thing, and then he quit H and R Block. <laughs> he, he oh, like, yeah, he he worked at H and R Block for exactly the duration that we saw him in the building. <laughs> yes. But uh, oh, we see Home Depot woman. Yeah, Home she Depot's comes there back, with her family, which is hilarious. When Benjamin Me just calls her Home Depot, he points at her and says Home Depot. And then and then there's like a bunch of people who like pat him on the back and are like, "Thanks for saving the park." And like yeah, everyone kind of weird. just knows that he's the guy who was responsible. It's it's very strange. It's maybe small town vibes. I don't know. Maybe. And then we get Crystal the Capuchin like smacking Robin on the head, which is like Very the funny. only other monkey antics that we got in the whole movie. And it's actually so fun. I laughed out loud when it happened because <laughs> the people passed by and clearly it was an ad lib by the actor, but yeah. he just goes, it doesn't actually hurt that bad. <laughs> <laughs> As the monkey's like hitting him. And I was like, that's funny. I like that. Um, um, and what else? And then they kiss. Oh, we're missing. Yes. The Scarlet Johan, they, they go in and we see they're they're getting a lockbox because they're out of tickets. So that's full circle from when Dylan stole the lockbox at the beginning of the movie. Bum bum Get a load of that. Symbolism. Um, Symbolism. You guys remember that from three hours ago when we talked about Oh my that? God. Yeah, we really are. I don't know how much is going to be cut out of this, but we are yeah, we'll two see. hours and 43 minutes into this recording, Yikes. which is which is okay. one and a half times the length of We Bought a Zoo. Um, I how does that even happen? How have we done uh, this? They, so anyway, they're they're like crouching in this small little like ticket shack place. Um, who says it? It's like, so one of them is like, I have a crush on you. She says. She says. Remember. I think she says, I got a big she old does... crush on you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and they're both they're both kind of like, yeah, we like they're they're just saying it. They're like, yeah, we like each other. Yeah. You know, like in this wild world, like life is crazy. And then they kiss. And they kiss, which I don't think they needed to. Bums me out that they did. I think the movie but, would have been better without it. I agree. And then they, it also leads into this odd thing of like, well, like, let's see where this goes. Like, because they, right. they don't like hardcore make out. They just have this like nice kissing moment. And then she's like, we got to get back to work. But, right. uh, you know, like, I'll see you later type of thing. And then yeah. she, they like leave. Then And then there's this moment with like, they're all flying. Uh, everyone in the park is flying these red kites, which Benjamin oh, yeah. had mentioned earlier, like Catherine liked red kites. And there's this moment where he like looks at everyone flying the kites. And then he looks down at ScarJo. 
to almost have this moment of like Catherine's presence is still here, but I'm I'm looking towards the future and the future is ScarJo. Which is a weird future to look towards because it's also like, why don't you go look at your kids that yeah. you have just rebuilt oh, these relationships with? There is that really sweet moment though when when him and his kids are all like taking pictures together in front of one of the enclosures. Oh, yes. And yes. Elle Fanning and, and ScarJo are watching and she's like, if you had to, it's another one of those like 14 year old who doesn't know how to interact with people, 13 year old, whatever. Yeah. But she's like, if you had to choose between humans and animals, what would you choose? Yeah. And then they both decide on yeah, humans. They, but they don't say anything. They just like look. Yeah. And Elle Fanning is like, me too. Which I yeah, I think watching. she says me too people, but I think I think the line would have been better if she hadn't said people. I think she just should have yeah, she should I, have just said me too. Zach, I agree, and I think you should have been editing this script. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I wish I, I wish I'd been there instead of how old was I? Eight, I 18? wish I was alive in t- 2010. Instead, I was not born yet. So yeah. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> I'm 10 <laughs> happy, years old. Happy 10th birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I loved this movie. It came out on my birthday. Um, <laughs> oh, we're no, we're so, almost at the end of the movie. Rose at the end. So basically, the zoo is a success. Um, it's they, po- they say we bought a zoo one last time. They do say that again, and then, and then we get almost like this epilogue. We get a we get a coda. What what leads yeah. right into the coda is another mention of the twenty seconds thing. It's it's Duncan and Benjamin looking over the park. He says we bought a zoo, and then he says some some context that that gives us the the context that like Duncan is the one who who came up with the twenty seconds of insane courage. So it's it's like a family thing. Yeah. Um, but then we get this code. Yeah, it was Duncan. Yeah. So then we get this code. So then, boom, flash forward in time and place mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. They're back in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're going down the street. And Benjamin is like, I want to take you guys to this place. And it's where I met your mom. Right. And we and see it's Little Dom's, the, the cafe Little from Dom's. earlier that he couldn't go into. Yeah. Again, huge, huge tie-in coda of like okay yes he's finally also going to overcome this moment um he brings him inside and he basically lays out like how he met uh catherine and like he's like okay so picture this and it's very lighthearted, and the kids are loving it he's like picture this okay uh i'm i'm here's your mom like she's sitting there and he like Mm -hmm. describes her she's she's beautiful she's like right whatever reading like eating he goes and then i'm okay hold on and he like runs out of the restaurant and he's like I'm outside. He's like talking through the window. Um, do you want to take the rest? Do you want to? Yeah, well, yeah. We can. Scene? I mean, we can go through it. Yeah. He. Um, it's it's very cute. Then Rosie is like, I like that you're telling stories again because that was like a whole yeah. thing of the, like him, you know, not not talking about the mom. Yeah. And so it's this really beautiful kind of full circle moment that again ties ties into the intro of the movie, not with the son doing a voiceover, <laughs> but with the idea Remember that yeah, that doesn't come back. It never comes back. But with the idea of him kind of like telling stories about his adventures yeah Um, right 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 exactly and so he's outside and he's like i walk by the window and i i do it he does a double take and he's like i see the most beautiful woman and he like runs in and he's like then i think to myself 20 seconds just 20 seconds of insane courage and like that is that is now that brings that all the way back to now we have right that's this is yeah this motif of, of 20 seconds of insane courage and we learned that this is now the context for how he met his wife. Yeah, how to get how to get a girl in twenty seconds. <laughs> so he runs in through the back door of Little Dom's, and he like is standing behind her, and he's like, "She hasn't seen me yet, and I don't know what to I don't know what to do." He walks up to her. Oh, he he walks up to her. Oh, right, right, right. Because this is the, the, the this is what happens before he says the line. He he walks up to her, and suddenly the kids can see her. Yeah. Okay. This, uh, suddenly everyone can see her. This was an empty booth. This was an empty then... an empty table. 
the moment that he walks up to her and she turns up to look at him in the story. Yeah, she's there. She she's is, sitting there. She is now physically present in the room and Benjamin like gestures towards her to the kids, like like looks at the kids and looks at her and Dylan like smiles and yeah. chuckles and Rosie says, hi, mommy. And like, yeah, they have been brought into this world now. Yes. Where she is alive and they are experiencing this story together. Yeah. And the audience, too. This is our first moment of like true, true surrealism outside of the dancing in the kitchen where we can see her like her face and she is reacting in real time to Benjamin. Right. Because the the first time when she just like when when he sees her in the window when he's driving to the zoo, like that feels more like a memory than her physically being present but this is like this is a, a specter there's a ghost yeah. there's a ghoul yeah, he's he's reacting <laughs> like he is reenacting the scene and yeah. this ghoul is reenacting <laughs> she's not a ghoul she's this like is, whatever um, haunting of bly manor just came out this is <laughs> very this, this is probably going to come out in october so this is spooky spooky season this is actually a new hot take um uh we bought a zoo is actually a ghost story um <laughs> it's all about a ghost but anyway, so he's like, he gestures to her. You yeah. can see her. She like looks up at him like quizzically, yeah. you know, acting out the moment of when they met. And he says, excuse me, miss. Now, why would... Why would an amazing woman like you even talk to someone like me? And he smiles. And then she, the kids smile. Yeah. Dylan has like tears in his eyes. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes back to Catherine, who also smiles, yeah. looking up at him. And she says... And she says, why not? Cut to black. And that's, and again, fucking full circle of why he said to Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Why not in such an odd, rude way? Now you're like, it's because his wife said There's a, there's that, it's like that and also like the 20 seconds of insane courage thing are like themes of this movie. It's like piecemeal. Yes. They were just kind of like, let me, let me glue. Let me paste together. It's like, you can imagine, again, another version of this movie that had those themes like way more present and like way more kind of like often yeah but it's there's so few and far between but but regardless of that this scene really works for me again similar to the dancing in the kitchen it's like very very beautifully well done and matt damon does a great job of like reenacting this story from a a loving but also like it's a painful memory somewhat like he's he's has to he has to do this like he has to be able to tell his kids about this um 20 seconds of insane courage yeah um to even do this but uh, it's so sweet. It's so sweet, and like the cut to black, it's it's great. It's it, just like it works so well. And it here's the thing about this movie. Now that now that we've really hit the end, the only thing that happens after this is we get like a little message that says like the real park is up and running, and next year they plan to add giraffes, which is like a cute little thing. Yeah. But um, the thing that that I think really works about this movie is like as a meditation on like a family's grief. I think this movie does such a good job. Yeah, honestly, and. Placing that into instead of doing like a straight up drama mm-hmm. um, about, you know, like, I feel like this happens often. It's like a story about divorced parents, a story right. about like a widowed parent yeah. and the kids. A, st- a, story, a story about like a uh, a sick family member. Yeah. And it's very somber yeah. and it's like hard to watch because it's so realistic. It's an interesting take to make like a family drama, co- dramedy. Yeah. Um, in a lighthearted way, because think about who this movie is aimed for. It's definitely not aimed for you or me, um, <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless. But no, you know, imagine kids going to see this movie yeah. or family together seeing this movie. Like you're getting these slight understandings of like 
morbid death and, mm-hmm. and what death means and like the finality of it and, and life and, you know, yeah. all these very complex ideas shrunken down uh, mm-hmm. and made like blatantly clear and also made unscary, like the, yes. no longer taboo. Yes, because um, because so many of them are introduced through this realm of like, well, we're caring for the sick tiger. Like it's it's very, you know, it's it's geared towards a younger audience through Rosie because, you know, he has to explain death to a child. But through that, it is also geared towards a literal, like, younger viewer. Yeah. And that's why this came out at Christmas. Like, this was a family Christmas movie. And when you think about it, it's it's an interesting film to make. It, it is about death. It's, yeah. it's truly, like, mostly about death. Um, and... I have my opinions about whether I don't like this movie. I don't think it's like <laughs> no, it's not. A, it's not a good movie. But, it's but not a good movie. There are there are moments in this movie that are exceptional, and it's yeah. so weird because you see hints of a better movie through the cracks of this movie. Yeah, and I wonder like where it where it changed. Whether that was like a budget thing, mm-hmm. a studio thing, or just, a director just thing. A, just a, a, like a Cameron Crowe thing. Like I, I yeah. cause he does a lot. I mean, again, this is not a Cameron Crowe podcast, but he does a lot of those like, you know, zany coming of age, you know, slice of life shit. Yeah. And it, it feels like this is, this movie is very confused about its identity. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. But I don't know. Maybe it works. Clearly it made back what it spent. And, yes. But I will say, like you said, it, it left no impact whatsoever. No cultural, no cultural impact. It really, I, I hope to be kind of like, what I want this podcast to be is, you know, a celebration of this film's legacy. <laughs> and maybe, maybe this podcast will, will elevate that kind of cultural footprint if this gets big enough. You know? Yeah, imagine getting Cameron Crowe on this. What a, what literally, a boom. <laughs> literally, I, and I want to keep it this way. The only account that uh, I follow on Twitter from from the podcast account is Cameron Crowe. <laughs> that will not change. I will not follow anyone else. I love that. No, I think that's really good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wow. I, I am glad we got through the whole movie. I was kind of worried we weren't. Gonna. We did it. it. We did it in three hours. And <laughs> I oh, I, oof, do I release this all as one chunk? Do what do I do? I'm kinda, I don't know. Oh, I'm kind of tempted. Oh, I'm kind of tempted. You could do it. You could do it. I mean, who's to tell? Honestly, who is to tell you what you can or cannot do for your own podcast? You are your it's own true. master. It's true. Maybe I'll do a poll on Twitter and and, and see what'll happen. That's my know. favorite thing to do. When I can't make a decision, I love to ask my strange <laughs> followers who don't know me what I should do with my life. <laughs> I'm like, hey guys, do you think I should cut my hair? And everyone's like, shave it. And yeah, like, I've okay. done that. I've done that on Twitter with like. Hey, should I get fucking blackout tonight? And they're like, un- almost universally, they want me to treat myself poorly. Oh, yeah. I'm like, should I get these like really fucked up French fries that have like tons of random shit on them? Or should mm. I be like good and get some? And people are like, get the fucking heart attack fries. Like, do it to your body. Destroy yourself for my entertainment. <laughs> Truly. I love the internet. Oh, I love, um, I love blurring the line between... Uh, my personhood and my online persona. Oh I, yeah, my line is it's. I don't think it's there anymore, which is mm. sad. Uh, it, it all blends. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's probably yeah, that's healthy. What, that's actually, what, that's, you know, that's just what existing online is these days. I've I've transcended the need to have a difference of personality between my online brand persona and my real self. <laughs> I don't need that anymore. As, as COVID has kind of you know kept me inside more and more, I feel 
my real human self means less these days mm. because most of my interactions happen online. It's so true. I'm like, you guys don't know me as a human person, so it yeah. doesn't matter. You're not going to see me. You're not going to hang out with me anytime soon, so it doesn't matter. The only thing I'm going to do is spend three hours recording a podcast with somebody who I mostly know through Twitter. Yeah, which is great, which honestly, I feel closer than ever to you, <laughs> Me too. Me too. You know what? I think we've come a long, a long way today. Yeah, I, I have to say so. And yeah. it's almost been a year since I think I've seen you in person. Yeah, when was that? I think, have we I'm, literally only seen, this is wild context to put at the end of the episode, but have we only, <laughs> only seen each other in person once or twice? I want to say twice, but the only time I remember was the holiday party. Yeah, we were uh, at Jess's, Jess's party. At Jess's, yeah. yeah, which was 2019. It was December 2019. Damn. Which wow. is insane. Yeah, that was unfortunately a long <laughs> time ago that does not but, feel that long ago but the internet is so crazy i mean like we i've been following you since then too and i yeah. see you online all the time and we interact so like i don't yeah like we were making this podcast i was like damn i want to be on zach's podcast like zach's so cool hell yeah and then when i thought when i thought about it i was just like oh we're we haven't hung out <laughs> like, no we have we we have barely any kind of like real human interaction but it fe it's that thing of like well we've been interacting like on Twitter for a year, so it feels like we're closer so than, we're friends. than we yeah. like physically are. And I yeah. and again, like I feel like especially because of COVID, like it feels like I have that kind of relationship with a lot of people. Whether that's yes. healthy, I don't know. But yeah, like ugh. doing this and like being on Zoom is so normal now. Like yeah. it's like, oh, s send me the Zoom link. Like everything is just yeah. that sentence ringing in my head. <laughs> um, but but thank you so much for having me on because this was a blast and and it was very fun to get analytical. I was a film major, so oh uh, shit, I, me too. Hell I, yeah! No Do, way. We should have talked about like the semiotics of this movie. <laughs> We could go into that uh, on a different ep. It's yeah. good that people get the synopsis yes. uh, from, from two really smart film heads. Oh, fuck yeah. I love Aperture. <laughs> can, we talk about, can we talk about ISO? Like, what's up? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, ISO, we're like in search of a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you. I hope that uh, I can't wait to see what other eps come out of this. I'm I'm recording another episode later tonight, which I'm very excited about. I hope to do nice. another episode with Amr because he was such a blast to talk to, but uh, but will be better structured. Um, if we were going at the, the pace that Amr and I were going at, this podcast would have been easily four and a half hours. Jesus. Um, which, you know, I'm glad that you were able to actually like sit down and record this in one chunk which was great because Amr and I were, were talking about like considering doing a multi-part episode but mm. he's like his his mom came into the room at the end of the episode to like stop the like to be like where are you and I feel like we are not gonna get another chunk of time to like record uh the rest of the podcast at that pace What's funny is my mom actually did call me during this recording. Oh, I texted no. her back. I was like, I was like, mom, I'll call you later. Like, I, I we can't put a pin in this. Like, we're never gonna be able to get back to this. We, point. Yeah, this, so, this like, is we it's really to. important that we do this in one sitting. I have to check. Yeah. I have to see if I have any. No, no, just. Some, did your mom call you? No, okay. no, just some mixed missed uh, texts, but that's okay. No Mr. missed call. Popular. No missed. I know, right? Oh my god. Popular. Yeah. So should we wrap up? I think we should. Um, this has been this has been we pot a zoo. Uh, thank you so much for listening to if this if this is all one part if this is a three hour podcast thank you for sticking with it this movie is insane i i can't wait to take this zoo journey uh however long it may last um 
Do you have anything to plug? Uh, uh, <laughs> n- not real. I mean, you if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's at Soccer Mom Sid, and then Instagram and Twitch are Sydney Gale. I stream video games sometimes. Uh, sometimes I, I do stream video games. That's <laughs> what I do on Twitch. Uh, but yeah, I live on the online. Hell yeah. Um, you can follow me at Zach Silberberg on all platforms and uh, follow the podcast at We Pod a Zoo. <laughs> rate and review. I haven't set up the Apple Podcast page yet, but I guess rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I assume you would have yeah, if this is playing got, right now. Yeah, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I have successfully set it up on Apple Podcasts. And honestly, like, be kind. Like, mm. just put this on, but when you go to bed, like, let it play in the background yes. so he gets those plays. Yes. Like, you don't have to listen for the three hours. Just let it, let it play for the three hours. That's a really good point. Yes. Yeah. If you're, if you know, you need to, you need to sleep. You need some background noise for a car <laughs> ride. You, you need to make it feel like your dog isn't left alone and oh, you need to put yes. something on so it doesn't get anxiety. This is perfect. This is uh, perfect because all we do is talk about animals. Dogs would love this. Dogs. Fr- there's a dog in this movie, but you wouldn't know it. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. Leon is in it for two seconds. Um, um, all right. Uh, what else? Um, thank you to RT Coburl for the intro and outro music and Sydney Gish for vocals on the intro. You can find links to their work on uh, the We Potazoo Twitter. Thank you to my friend Dylan at uh, Adult Human Bitch on Twitter for <laughs> suggesting the name We Potazoo in the first place. Uh, very grateful to her. And if you go to dartmoorzoo.org.uk, that's the website for the the zoo that this uh, movie is based on. They are currently struggling because of COVID, so they are accepting donations if you would like to uh, donate, if you have the means. And uh, I think, you know, for the outro, this hasn't been established yet. Let's see if you pick if if you if you pick up what I'm putting down and we can we can end the show on this. But um Hey Sydney. Yes? Why would I start this podcast? (laughs) Why not? See you next time. (laughs) There's a movie called We Bought a Zoo. Guess what happens? There's a zoo for sale and it gets bought. By Matt Damon, a grieving single father in search of closure, hoping to find it in a tiger or a bear enclosure. It's a film by Cameron Crowe. We bought a zoo. Buy it now so you can go home and enjoy it with your friends and family. We bought a zoo. I'll buy a zoo. A zoo. You'll buy one too. I'll buy.